0: Previously on CSI Atlanta. But doesn't it sound like something just extraordinary? Nothing common? Nothing you would imagine happening? It's absolutely extraordinary,
1: and it is absolutely uncommon, which is the reason you should know it ain't a mob hit. You just reduce it to very elementary. People are normally killed for three reasons. Sex, money, and revenge. And there's a fourth one, and the fourth one is crazy. They're just crazy. God told me to kill somebody, right? So they just show up at some random house and do something horrific.
0: I'm CBS 46 anchor Karen Greer, and you're listening to CSI Atlanta, the podcast. Each episode, I'll take you on a deep dive into some of Georgia's most fascinating cold cases. I'm working alongside CBS 46 crime scene investigator Cheryl Mack McCollum and her team at the Cold Case Investigative Research Institute. That's something you just think about uh, or never stop thinking about. Four years after his parents' brutal murder, Brad Derman spoke to CBS 46 about his family's loss. What, you know, dark, dark, you know, moment that was, and when they knew ultimately you know, what, was, what was about to t- you know, take place. He, like everyone else in Putnam County, Georgia, wondered who would commit such a horrible crime. Why they felt like they needed to do what they did to each of my parents. um, it's It's just a huge question. The question still haunts Putnam County Sheriff Howard Sills. He wants to see it solved. He does.
1: I guarantee you. He thinks about it first. Thinks about it last, I guarantee you.
0: By May of 2015, the murders weighed heavily on the mind of Sheriff Sills. He called it the most frustrating case in his more than 40 years in law enforcement. In the course of a year, he scoured thousands of financial and phone records and interviewed more than 200 people. He looked into surveillance footage, only to learn the camera at the front security gate to the community wasn't working at the time. Investigators spent a month searching the Derman home for answers. There wasn't any sign of forced entry. And nothing was missing. They dusted for fingerprints and tested for blood spatter.
1: Luminol is what you spray in the house that makes the blood. If there's any blood in the house, even a small drop or where they cleaned up and there's no longer visibly where you can see it, it'll still illuminate blue. So you spray it and shut all the lights off and you just see where there's blood. There was not a single drop of blood in that house. Not a single drop, even where somebody cut a finger and cleaned up. That house was immaculate.
0: Sheriff Sills looked into every call his department got about the case, following up on every seemingly small tip. Nothing was panning out. It seemed every piece of information that crossed his desk led nowhere. Except for one interview.
1: I think he has an idea of somebody and even talked to the person. And if I Had to guess, he still likes that person for it. He just doesn't have the peace that he needs.
0: What is it gonna take to solve this one?
1: The right person making the right call, that's all. Police, what are they saying? They're playing this, I think, properly in that they're releasing enough so that the general public would know if they heard somebody talking about this case or having some knowledge about this case. So if somebody's at a bar drunk and said, yeah, I cut this woman, or no, I cut this man's head off and you know, beat this woman, somebody would go, wait a minute, and maybe make a call. I think they're praying for a break every day. Um, and the call may come. It's hard to keep secrets. And typically, people tell girlfriends, they tell lovers, they tell wives, um, we need a one ex-girlfriend, we need an ex-wife. Somebody knows. And typically people that do this, they drink or use drugs. That's a good time to get people talking. You know, drunk people normally tell the truth.
0: This case may be cold for now, but there's hope that new technology could bring closure to the Derman case. I even called the sheriff myself and suggested
1: that he do whoever rolled those towels up on the top if it's not completely saturated try it and you know how you go into your own house and you grab a towel your thumb or fingers touch other towels in that everything involved in this case cuz you don't know did the knife come from the home in that the other knives seriously we we don't know where the knife came from cuz it was never found either But anything associated with him, his robe, did he fight with the person, right? Um, If he had Shirley's hair, that suggests to me he at least tried to protect her before she was hit maybe or touched her head in some way to try to stop something. That means that person could have grabbed him too. So do we ask for somebody
0: that knows something? You you don't think anybody saw anything though?
1: But it doesn't mean they haven't heard since then. It doesn't mean that somebody might go... Wait, I never thought about this. I just heard her say it. Right. I did have some cement, you know, bricks missing, but it was from a mile away. But it was near a boat ramp. Mm-hmm. Maybe they never thought they used my stuff, but I need to tell them. And maybe that will give them one more component that, oh, they put the boat in here. That makes more sense.
0: And where would the rope come
1: from? Where'd the, yeah, where did that come from? And was it cut into certain pieces? I would like to know how the knot was tied. I'm always a big fan of that. Because, again, are you a sailor? Not Nautical. Are you, yeah. Right. How about horses? A Boy Scout. What knot did you use? That's going to tell you a lot about the person. But he hasn't released that. But that's something, again, if he has not used a knot tying expert, we got one, so call us. Because <laughs> you need to know that. It's important. How she was tied up is
0: important. So we go to the sheriff and say, hey, Let us help you. Let us work with you on this. You've done everything else. Just just, you know, let us see what we can find. Another set of eyes.
1: Let me tell you, give everybody a shot. Everybody in the world should be, you know, saying, Okay, this is what I think. Have you run this down? Have you thought of that? And if he's done it and he's thought about it, great. But again, you can reach more people. So Karen Greer needs to put the word out so that people say, Wait a minute, I don't want to go to the police. But maybe I'll call Karen and say, okay, you may think I'm crazy, but I did hear this. Or I went on one date with a guy, and he said this. Or my brother was in jail and said there was a guy in jail bragging about this. People talk, and it may amaze you, because most people tend to think, man, if I did something like this and got away with it, I'd never mention it. It's not true. They almost cannot help themselves.
0: This is one of those cases that people all over Georgia remember. As the years go by, people still ask each other, do you remember that older couple who was murdered in that quiet neighborhood? What happened? Mac has a few ideas as to why someone would want the Dermans dead. So here's one theory,
1: and that's all this is, and everybody has a theory about this case. But to me, let's say somebody showed up and said, hey, I want to do some handy work around here, and you know, Russell was like, okay, you know, the gutters, I can't reach them anymore. I'm not getting on the roof. I'm 80 years old. And maybe, you know, you could do some gardening or whatnot. And Shirley was like, no, you know, you get out of here or, you know, whatever. She, to me, was the target. She was the target, in my opinion. And I think Shirley made somebody mad if I had to guess. And the reason is she was treated differently. If it was just, hey, we're coming here to rob you, shoot both of them, take the Rolexes and go.
0: Doesn't appear she was sexually assaulted because she was fully clothed. And she says while she doesn't know who is responsible, she believes the killer didn't act alone and that they made every move strategically.
1: Some people believe they must have drove in. I believe they went by boat because again if you don't if you don't accept that then how did Shirley get where she was? She couldn't get there except by boat. So I don't accept that somebody left a car in a driveway where it didn't belong and then took a boat brought the boat back or sunk the boat, whatever they did with the boat, and then drove away. I don't believe that. I think they came by boat, and I think they picked that house. This person took time at that scene. They got towels, made the barrier. Why would you even attempt to clean up? Why would you do that? You don't want it discovered because you're possibly close by, so you want time to get away, right? That's what it seems like to me. I think the person is local. I think the person is there. Who else would be able to navigate on a lake that size and then know where the deepest part is?
0: And go through a gated community.
1: and And do it unseen. Maybe they were both killed in this boat, and he was brought back, and they took the head. Um... I don't think she was killed at the house. I think he was killed at the house because of the towels. He' some neat criminals. yeah, but it was it was sloppy, really, but it was it was executed better than you would think if it was just some crazy person that right. randomly showed up at this house. Right. But they could have used their knife. they could have used we know they used their towels. um, they could have stolen a boat and taken it back to somewhere. But the whole thing, I mean, I'm telling you, every single scenario, every single theory just leaves you with other questions. Next time on CSI Atlanta. Then her mama gets home after work, so around 5.30-ish. And her mom finds her tragically on the kitchen floor. She's been beaten about the head, strangled with her own jump rope, raped, and sodomized with a broomstick.
0: We're talking a baby, a child. Yeah. Until then, subscribe to CSI Atlanta, the podcast, and check out our full stories on CBS46.com. CSI Atlanta is brought to you by CBS 46, WGCL in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is hosted by me, Karen Greer, and CBS 46 crime scene investigator Cheryl Mack McCollum. This episode produced by Natasha Lee and Rhiannon Youngbauer with sound design by Ray Merriman.